This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Agnes Billick. She is the host of the Raw and Real Podcast. Besides recording for her own podcast, she is also offering podcast services to tech companies. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you, Roman. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? So uh, I think a good starting point um, is my move from Vienna, Austria to Amsterdam, the Netherlands. So uh, I moved here in 2017 for uh, for a job and I started working as a recruiter for a Dutch company um, and I was responsible for managing their German offices and uh, I was constantly recruiting for the same role every month over and over again and uh, I wasn't really learning or growing I was really micromanaged so I felt really stuck in my job and I really didn't have any motivation or you know um, and as I was a foreigner in the country I also had the feeling okay I can't switch job because I don't know the the native language here so at some point I decided to go back to university to continue educating myself and just figure out more what I want to do and that's how I actually ended up in entrepreneurship because I wrote my piece about it and because of the read I had to do for it I started meeting all of these entrepreneurs and talking to them about what they're experiencing on a daily basis and it was really empowering because I never heard people speaking that open about their you know emotional roller coaster and all of the stuff that was connected to it and uh, that's how I really got into podcasting because it was just so powerful to hear people telling about their fears and how they were influencing them and for me it really seemed like these people are really very secure they know what they're doing and uh, I wanted to show a more realistic perspective of the matter and when I also got started (laughs) with podcasting I also didn't really know what I was doing and also my first interview for example I was just like so nervous and I was really sticking to the questions I wasn't really going with the flow and I also never published my first interview. Yeah so I think the podcast format is a great format to kind of express yourself in a a native and real way because you kind of get to the the meat and potatoes or like the substance of a conversation oftentimes it's not like when you meet someone or you're at a networking event, you just kind of touch the surface in terms of, you know, what's your name? What do you do? You know, what are you hoping to achieve? You can really learn what makes a person tick through an interview or through any kind of format in terms of the audio medium. Yeah, what I also really discovered is uh, how deeply you can connect with someone through such an interview, through creating a really safe space so that someone 
can open up and really talk about what's bothering them, what's really going on. And I think that's super powerful. Yeah, I agree. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a great tool to teach people and help people through certain situations, deal and cope with certain things, and to also make people feel like they're not alone. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs struggle with, uh, I would say, mental illness, depression, things of that nature, because oftentimes it's kind of a, a lonely road when it's, it's yourself trying to work crazy hours and make things happen and reach a certain goal. So I think showing people in that situation or in different situations, because obviously everybody has a different road to get to, you know, where they're looking to go. And there may be one person on a similar road that, you know, you may make feel like they're not alone and there's somebody out there dealing with the same thing. Yeah, totally. And I think if you can also really open up to the people around you, um, there are so many ideas that suddenly come up. Um, if you can talk about what's bothering you and all the solutions. Um, and uh, I think that's really special and I think we should do that more. Yeah, I agree. And I think, uh, I think every show has something unique to offer, both if it's a guest format, the different uh, guests they have and kind of the structure of the show and how they dive into the information and also kind of the flow of the the host as well so i think unless you're just trying to mirror another show and, and duplicate success i feel like majority of your podcasts are doing their own thing in terms of their style and hosts are kind of finding their own niche in terms of you know how to position themselves and how to kind of develop and and get the information out of guests that is really valuable to their audience yeah, I think what I found out for myself is that you have to be personally very enthusiastic about what you're doing and the topic that you're talking about. Because if you can really connect to it and if you like, for example, in an interview format, those types of people, then it will be just so much better because you will put your heart into it than if you just have the feeling, hey, I don't know, crime really works out well, so I'm going to start something in that category. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's kind of being genuine and actually caring about and being interested in what the guest, the guest has to say and basically kind of connecting and, and being on that level. Because I think uh, when you do record, I mean, there are uh, podcasts out there that when you listen to it, it, it doesn't feel, I would say, authentic. Like there's no connection there and it's not maybe done from kind of the right place. It may be done to uh, extend a brand or... Uh, you know, sell or get leads, but it's not like a genuine, uh, you know, labor of love to share information and, you know, leave an impact. Yeah. And uh, that's always like an interesting balance you should have um, kind of that sales part, if that's your goal and knowledge sharing and being genuine. Yeah, I agree. So what motivates you to succeed? Uh, so for me personally, um, I know what it's like to be stuck in a job you hate. Um, and uh, I just want to show other people that so many people tr take risks and don't really know what they're doing and feel insecure. Um, but they're still facing their fears and fighting for their dreams. And uh, by showing that I really want to help and empower other people to do the same thing and uh, to really give them the feeling that they can do more than they initially think and that it's just really all dependent on the people we're surrounded by. 
Yeah, I agree. And it's uh, people don't really necessarily have to think that, you know, they have to make this dramatic life change. They can oftentimes start slow because obviously people are in different situations. I, I mean, I, personally, I feel like a lot of people are stuck in jobs that they don't like or they have other passions, but then they have responsibilities or, you know, life has gotten them to a certain point where they maybe have a family, kids, you know, different relatives are supporting, maybe, you know, sick family members or something's going on that they feel like they can't leave. But I think it's a good situation where you can still pursue your passions and make some time to kind of reach those goals and maybe have it as like a side hustle or, you know, a learning experience on the side to eventually kind of take the small steps to get there. But oftentimes I think people become complacent and kind of defeated and, and deflated in the sense where, you know, this is my state of things and this is my life now that, you know, I can't pursue this. I had this big ambition 10, 20 years ago. And I feel like, you know, the next 30 years, I'm going to have to be doing this or stuck in this rut. And then you get to that point, 30, 40 years, you're not going to regret the things that you did try. You're going to regret the things that, you know, that never were. Yeah. And uh, like you mentioned, I think it's just so hard at some point to leave the spiral because at some point, um, yeah, your mindset changes and you feel like, okay, that's the way how life is. And you forget kind of the dreams you had many years ago. And that's why, like you mentioned, I think it's important to take these small steps and just think about, okay, in which direction do I want to go to? And how can I surround myself with these people that have that kind of mindset or that achieved already where I want to be? And if that's just like one event that you go to a week um, to meet these kind of people and start really thinking like them and just getting to know them more and brainstorming with them. Um, I think that's already like the first step that can lead to a big outcome. Yeah, I agree. And I think uh, oftentimes when events were still alive, people that were introverts, you know, had a concern that they don't like being, you know, with people or in big groups. Well, now everything has moved virtual, virtual events, virtual networking. So you can kind of sit at home in your pajamas and meet people all over the world. Like you said, like-minded people, because I think it's important to surround yourself with like-minded people because kind of like that, that focus has to definitely be supported because I feel like if you're very motivated, if you're goal oriented and driven, I mean, there's been studies. If you put that person into a negative environment, negative people, eventually that, that negativity will bring that person down. But like you said, if you surround yourself with like-minded people, and I think people that are where you are now in terms of goals, and I think it's important also people that are in areas, let's say five, 10 years down the road where you want to be also that you can get that perspective from them as well. Totally. And I feel like sometimes, you know, it can be a little bit intimidating because like you mentioned, people that are 10 years ahead of you, because we tend to compare ourselves with others. And then sometimes it may be hard to approach this person and talk to them. But I think it's just important to keep in mind that we're in a way all humans and uh, that you really need to be bold and just do it. And the more often you do it, the more you will adjust and uh, get a little bit more rid of this fear of rejection as well. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, I think it's it's dealing with and coming to terms with getting no's. So a no is okay. 
you know, you just keep going and not have it deplete you. I know in terms of uh, a opportunity or something you may want to do or like you have a podcast, maybe you want to guest, have a certain guest on, you pitch them, you contact them, maybe they'll say, no, it's not the end of the world. I think coming to terms and, and being able to deal with, with a no is also important and I think is tied into kind of taking that first step because that fear leaves you kind of paralyzed to get into a level of being uncomfortable and human beings are used to, you know, habit forming and staying in a comfortable habit. And as soon as you try to, you know, take a person out of it or introduce something new in terms of change of life, change of career, you automatically in the back of your mind start kind of backtracking and start becoming your worst enemy. Yeah, and I think that's also a really interesting part about a podcast that you have to constantly meet new people in the interview format. And uh, these people are also sometimes a new challenge um, that you have to face and that you have to push yourself to the next level to talk to them. Yeah, I agree. And I think right now with the current global situation, it's it's the perfect time to get guests on your show if you do have an interview format that you may have not been able to reach in the past because of all the live events really being canceled, some of them moving to virtual. A lot of people that some of the people that you want on your show in terms of your niche or just in general, if you have guests are moving to you know, a podcast format to spread their message to different audience because they're forced to do so. I've heard a lot of podcasters say that, you know, they're reaching out just simply asking, you know, asking and having a gen a genuine pitch in terms of, you know, this is my show. These are the people I reach. This is what I hope to achieve. And this is the reason I want you on and having a tailored message and not just, you know, a copy and paste canned uh, email going out to hundreds of people. They've seen a lot of uptick and getting the, the guests that kind of their their dream guests if you will yeah for sure yeah best time to really start going into podcasting yeah and i think i one reason that i've continued doing that because i think they say majority of podcasts uh end or stop after i guess like episode 10 people just quit and uh, you really have to have a mindset and have to have a passion or the, your why has to be kind of authentic for you to even continue it. Um, I'm on to what is it like episode 161 live right now. So it's kind of crazy to think that I started, you know, two, two and a half years ago, but thinking about it, the audio platform in terms of, you know, a content delivery mechanism is superior to everything else. Because if you think about it, it's the only thing you can give a listener that they can multitask with. So you're at the gym, you can listen to a podcast. You're driving, you can listen to a podcast. You cannot do the same thing with text, image, or video, obviously. So if you aren't implementing you know, a podcast, I think strategy or reaching users via audio, I think it's, it's something really important to consider in the current global uh, sense and in 2020 as a whole, as a business, as an individual. And if you have you know, a genuine story to share that you feel will impact others. I think it's very important to look at audio as a platform. And what I also really like about it is for me, it's the same thing. If I have guests on the show that were already more present in the public eye, that I feel more connected to them because I've listened to their, their podcasts before and I just know more about the character. And uh, but like you said, it's uh, many people stop 
around episode 10. I think you really need to have your why ready and have a passion for it and that you keep going because, yeah, it was a lot of work to do this. Yeah, people don't see the actual work, the uh, getting the audio to uh, yeah. a consumable point because I know a lot of people that just simply record and throw it up there. But my whole rationale is, you know, a, a good formula is really good quality audio with really good quality content because if you have one without the other, people are going to drop off. You can have an awesome message, but if the audio is horrible, it's very hard to listen to or vice versa. If your content doesn't have depth or doesn't add value to an audience, but you have awesome audio, then that's still not, you know, doing the, the job. I agree. And especially um, during these times, everyone's so super busy. So I think it's kind of like the iceberg principle. Um, you want to deliver to your audience already the perfect audio files with all of the perfect takeaways without like an unnecessary pause um, so you really need to put in a lot of time and work around making it uh, yeah to that level yep and there's everybody has kind of a launch process sending a, uh, assets and, and things to guests when the episode goes live the content and the show notes uh, blog posts maybe if you have a website dedicated to your site or a business site the social media asset creation so it's just all these components involved that are like a media undertaking that you know oftentimes i've been on on shows that are like kind of little small bites so the format is like five minutes but those five minutes for that person may have taken you know two three hours with creating and, and getting everything live and uh shared on social yeah, and for me, it was also I had a completely different expectations when I went into this in terms of, like you mentioned, also audio editing. It's a process that can take hours, hours, hours and hours um, to get it to the right level. And uh, you need to learn it. And every time someone's way of talking is different. So I don't think that there is often a recipe that fits all. You need to experiment a little bit with it and just that takes time. Yep. And it gets a little harder when, uh, especially now when people are social distancing and under quarantine, when people are recording interviews remote. So you're at kind of the mercy of that internet connection, different volumes in terms of your microphone. So all that comes into play afterwards when you are editing as well. Yeah, I'm still experimenting there as well. Yeah, I think it's a learning process like with everything else. I mean, I'm nowhere where I want to be as, I guess, a host or a the quality of the show, I guess. But I think if you listen to episode one and episode 161, you can really hear the difference. I'm also wondering if you will ever get to that point in a way, because also for me, if I look back, uh, none of the episodes were really like 100% perfect. <laughs> I was like really satisfied with it. Um, I have the feeling that there is always something that I can improve. Uh, also in terms of like, okay, no, now I can come up with a catchier title or I can uh, write something better about that guest or uh, make a nicer picture or create a clip uh, with a better cliffhanger, you know, so... Yeah, I think that always exists that that level of, you know, what else could I could I have done to make it better? I think like listening through 
my episodes and kind of like sometimes I'll like start at episode one and just let it play out when I'm like doing work or whatever and like notice and jot things down what I would have what I would have done differently and try to kind of take it away and take it to the, the current episodes that I'm recording but I think if a person is genuinely passionate about something they're always gonna try to make it better and always find something you know I could have done this better maybe I'll do it better next time Yeah, I guess you're right. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you've turned around and utilized as a strength today? I think uh, that's for me the belief in myself and my own abilities. So uh, I think if I look back um, also just like two years ago, I wouldn't even dream about being able to do something just like on my own. Um, and being able to find clients and uh, just also talking to these like entrepreneurs that are super successful um, where I also partly have the feeling like oh god I can't do this uh, so that really changed for me a lot by doing this and by setting each goal for myself okay who do I want to interview with how do I want to develop myself um, and just achieving that and just like trying and improving and learning and uh, having also people around me that support me and that uh, that help me to get to the next level and uh, that's just a very nice feeling to have and I think that just really comes from fighting your own fears and having certain insecurities um, but still doing it and uh And that's really great. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's important to kind of get out of your own head. I often say times kind of the, the first battle you you have with anything you're trying to do or, or pivot to is kind of a you versus you. You have to get out of your own head. And, and understanding that I think everybody is, you know, anxious or has anxiety about something or insecurities about something, even the people that you may have thought that are super successful or on top of their industry or you know you want somebody in your show or you meet somebody in person they oftentimes have the same insecurities you do so i think we're all human and understanding that and understanding every person has kind of somewhat of a flaw uh, in, in something but it makes who that person is and it makes them a unique individual because other than that we would all be you know programmed robots looking the same and acting the same Yeah, but also like you mentioned, that some kind of industry champion, um, you never really hear such people talking about their insecurities. And I think that's where it comes from, that you just have a different image because you just don't see it online. Yeah, I think oftentimes that's kind of the problem with social media and online because you can brand yourself however you want to brand and it may not be an authentic representation of who you are, but I think it's important. And I've seen a lot of people, I guess, the last few years really uh, focusing on some of the things that, you know, may be flaws or some of the things that they are struggling with, because I think it's important. Because if you think about it, if you have an industry, you know, leader, or if you want to call them an influencer or somebody that's achieved something or some level of success, They're always going to have someone or people looking up to them, fans, followers, so on and so forth, and showing an accurate de depiction that they're going 
through the same thing, I think it's more impactful to a community that's following them over, you know, uh, airbrushed or photoshopped images of a perfect life and everything's a vacation and a Lamborghini and Ferrari and, you know, I don't have a care in the world. Yeah, but I think it's really connected to a mindset shift. And I think that a lot of people are not able to do that because also like on Instagram, you mainly see these kind of Ferraris and uh, you don't really see the struggle. Yeah. And like you said, I think it is. I don't think everybody has that mindset shift, but a lot of people change from that kind of, uh, you know, chasing money, material things, and then pivot to a legacy and what can I leave you know I've reached this level of success there's only so much I can do but with that success I can impact others I can start a charity I can share my knowledge to help people kind of come up and you know make the people better around them because I mean there are a lot of entrepreneurs and business leaders that their mindset is you know I want to rise and I want to destroy everybody around me and keep them you know down I can be the only one successful but if you kind of have the mindset of there's enough for everybody and you know help everyone that you can along the way I think it goes a lot further yeah and I feel like it's partly also just like a chain because for me there are some people that help me out a lot um, but I feel like at this point I can't give them so much back but then there are other people coming to me and I feel like I can help them out a lot um so, yeah, I, I think it's just important to give as much as possible. And it also makes yourself happier because I think feeling impact is one of the strongest things ever. Yeah, I agree. And I think as you move on and become more successful in a career or a business, it's also okay to say no, because by saying no, you can say yes to more of the right things and impact more people in that sense as well. Yeah, yeah. So what's one piece of advice you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? So I think we touched on it a little bit earlier as well. I think it's just really, really important to examine the people you have in your surrounding. And uh, personally, I, if I meet with someone, I think later about how much energy this person gave me as well. So I feel like... <laughs> there are some people in your surrounding, I call them energy suckers. So you meet with them and afterwards you just feel a little bit drained and you don't really have the feeling like you developed or you got something so positive out of it. And I think the more you take a look at your personal life and think about, okay, who's really going to pushing pushing me to the next level, um, that really helps you develop in that direction you want to go to. So uh, I think that's what everyone should do, really taking a look at their surrounding and uh, and that's going to help them. Yeah, I think uh, everybody at a certain time, you know, maybe once a year, once every few years, or if you want to do it sooner, kind of reevaluate where you are, where you want to be. And like you said, the things around you. And if you are in kind of a toxic environment or you're surrounding yourself with the wrong people, you're you're the only thing that can change that and the other caveat of that if you have a lot of negative people but you're trying to get out of that situation you give them permission inside in your mind so by kind of distancing yourself you're also kind of getting ahead and it's always a possibility to meet new people 
And I think that's really important to keep in mind. So just because you were friends with someone in high school um, and then you changed along the way, doesn't mean that you have to stay friends with them or at least like super close friends with them for the rest of your life. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there's oftentimes people have family members like that, you know, toxic family members. They're still your family. You still love them. But at the end of the day, you can't kind of participate or be affected, you know, by their environment, what they bring to the table, their energy. So you can still love someone and still kind of distance yourself because you're trying to get to a different part in your life and also keeping your mind kind of sane. Because if you surround all these, you know, people, friends, family, it will drag you down and add kind of unneeded stress to your environment and then will affect your work, things you're trying to do in terms of goals, build companies, anything you're trying to do, it's going to take away from that part of your mind. Yeah, and we're all on our own journey and everyone is taking steps at a different speed. And I think that's just important also to keep in mind. Yeah, I mean, we we as humans have a habit of comparing ourselves, but like you said earlier, we don't know what someone went through to get to where they are now. So, you know, what they dealt with, it, it looks like it was kind of an easy road, but some people don't necessarily share all their struggles and all the things in terms of obstacles they've been through. So I think it's seeing what you're doing and staying kind of on your path and on your road and just doing what you can, either small steps or obviously if you have the luxury to kind of go all in and and focus on something specifically, but oftentimes life happens. So, you know, sickness, death, but oftentimes also things align and you're presented with an opportunity or a connection that kind of skips you 10 years further then you wouldn't have met this person or had this opportunity. So I think it's important to see the positive out of every negative situation and also take advantage of things that, you know, come your way. I know there's a there's a saying, I think Richard Branson made it or something like that. Somebody asked him. So if you get your dream job, but you're not qualified, just accept it and then do your best right away to to learn everything you can and be proficient and good at it. Because if you do get an opportunity in life, you need to take advantage of it because you never know if you're going to get the same opportunity again. Yeah, I think what you said there, seeing the positive in a negative situation, that's just super powerful. Um, That's like a lesson that I'm learning over and over again. (laughs) Um, Because I've been also this year through quite a lot of uh, intense situations. And every time I go into it, you know, it's it's co- connected to strong emotional feelings for me. But every time I got out of it, I really saw the benefit of it. And I really saw the learnings. And it really pushes you to the next level. So, uh, yeah, just keep that in mind. Yeah, I agree. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you? Yes, thanks so much. Um, I think I'm most active on LinkedIn. Just find me, Agnes Billick, B-I-L-I-K. But besides that, I'm also on Facebook uh, or Instagram. Or you can write me an email. Um, My address is contact at agnesbillick.com. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thanks so much for having me.
This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.